0: I mean, I don't blame you for leaving evangelicalism when you needed that jet upgrade and it just didn't happen. It didn't
1: happen, man. You
0: know, it's like I was driving. How can I fly around like like this?
1: God, come on! I was driving around an '84 Celica with holes in the floor, and all the (laughs) praying in the world did not stop it from breaking down on the beltway.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Some people pray for a parking spot, and some of us just pray for the car to start. You know. Welcome to episode 49 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, maybe a glass of wine, or perhaps a fine single malt scotch. You can watch us live Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com, and you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, as well as the New Thought channel on your Roku or other streaming device. Tonight's episode, as usual, is brought to you by our official sponsors. And
1: our official beer sponsor is Craft Beer Cellar, home of Premium Craft Brews, with a focus on amazing beer education and hospitality. Visit Craft Beer Cellar, that's C-E-L-L-A-R dot com, for a location near you. And you can win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar. You can join our conversation at any time. Uh, throw a comment up on Twitter or Facebook, please use the hashtag PTLive and for the next couple of weeks in uh, March also throw on the hashtag Tripod, T-R-Y-P-O-D effort to get new listeners and expand podcast listenership and get new people into the uh, podcast world, so PT Live Tripod, get us in all that um, also you can leave us a voicemail on our newly minted or newly dubbed or newly labeled newly named casual priest voicemail tina don't roll your eyes at me come on this is how you get um, uh-huh. that's 980 pt like 0 or nine eight zero seven eight five four eight three zero. we are thrilled to welcome casual priest back as our sponsor they are the makers they're out of what are they out of is it Denmark uh, Sweden
0: away.
2: One of those happy countries. Uh,
1: Sweden. They are uh, out of Sweden. They make uh, some really nice contemporary clergy wear for both men and women. If you watch the video, Brian is modeling one of the uh, outfits tonight, looking looking all svelte in his casual priest wear if you call and leave a voicemail you will be entered to win a free clothing item from casual priest so get a dial in that's 980 pt live 0 or 980 4830 for those of you without letters on your phone you can leave a question you can leave a comment if you disagree with anything we say please call us let us know or if you agree or just call and say, hey, you know what? Just call the wrong number. It's OK. Please it.
0: just call.
2: I know. How does Ogun, <laughs> one little paragraph turn into an hour long show?
1: It's a gift. I'm a minister. Come on.
2: OK. And on to our wine sponsor, Wink Wine Club, spelled W-I-N-C. Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door. Get started at trywink.com slash ptlive for $20 off your first order and other cool savings. See how
0: that's done. Yeah, and I that's just want to say voice. we have up the ante on leaving us a voicemail. If you win a free outfit from casual priests, come on, friends. That's worth calling in for because that is no small no small gift. So please leave us Yeah, a if you're clergy or no clergy, tell them call in and maybe they'll they'll win some new stuff, some new exactly. dates. Exactly. Well tonight we discuss the prosperity gospel. Zig Ziglar says you can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Do you think that's what Jesus was implying with the golden rule or maybe something else? Prosperity theology views the Bible as a contract between God and humans. If humans have faith in God, God will deliver security and prosperity. We'll chat about that view a bit, what we think about it, if we like it, don't like it stuff like that and we'll also chat a little bit about what does a successful life look like how do you quantify or describe or discern success my name is Brian Burkoff i am the pastor of Holland UCC in Holland Michigan and the pastor of pup, or the author i should say of pub theology beer conversation and god and tonight i am mixing it up going to a little bourbon i'm having some bullet bourbon whiskey uh already had a couple beers so I'm just going right to the whiskey
2: <laughs>
0: joining us
1: fun brian is here early on please watch the video to see him Woo. doing a doing a little
0: a little shuffle there to the uh, opening theme song. we are going to have fun tonight and with us as usual Ogan holder and tina simmons welcome guys
1: thank you thank you uh i am reverend Ogan holder of unity on the river and this... This time, rants, revelations, unabashedly honest reflections on life, spirituality, and the meaning of God. Thank you very much. Much better. There you go. There you go. Also blogging every week at unityontheriver.org. And tonight I am drinking an item from our Wink sponsor. This is a white wine. It is a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand called Easy Peasy Lemon Squeezy. From down under, eh? And.
2: How is that?
1: Yeah. It's nice. I started uh, I had a glass last night and I'm finishing up tonight. Um little citrusy zing to it. Um but yeah, I'm 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 celebrating the first day of spring today. Boom. So even though no one told us up here in New England, tomorrow the high will be 31, so I don't know how nice. much spring it is, but um in honor of the warm days to come, working working through a little whites. What you got going on, Tina?
2: Um, Tina Simmons here, author of Zandrail, Being Human is overrated. and Ogan, I have to tell you, um, I really like your mindful minute that you do. I don't think I don't think I catch it every week, but yeah, when you do the little video, it's like,
1: oh, it's called Metaphysical minute. Thank yeah, you for noticing.
2: <laughs> hey, I brought it up. That's it. Last compliment, last compliment you get. Um, mm. Tonight I'm drinking. It's called Desert Wind. And um, it's the first time I tried it. It's from Luke Slope, Washington, which I don't know where that's at, but it is, it's actually a very, very nice wine. Um, it has a nice bite to it, which I love.
0: What's the style um, again? Drink...
1: Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, what kind of wine?
2: Oh, what kind? It just says proprietary red. They like to that's blend a... things.
1: So well, that's yeah. a blend. Drink, huh? drink more wine from our sponsor, please.
0: Come on. Oh,
2: never mind. Um, they have, it's a mix Same. of Cab Merlot, Cab Franc. Malbec and Syrah.
0: Well, oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's beyond blind. That's like a
1: hodgepodge.
2: Mm. It's good though. I like it.
0: Mm.
1: Drink, drink more wine from Wink. Please. And how how is that white
0: working for you, Ogan?
1: I'm liking it. I am liking it. Nice. Good. It's nice, nice and chilled. Um, it's not okay. too dry. I'm not a fan of really dry wines, and got a little ah. some fruity fruity notes to it as well. A little bit, little bit of sweet um, fruitiness. That's good. Yeah, they do. I, I think I think if there's anything I can appreciate about Wink, not to plug our sponsor again, but they have really expanded my wine palette a lot and are getting me to try new things. Yeah. And yeah. when when you do your Wink account, you can ice or you can actually go on the website and select the bottles of wine. And I select from the thirteen dollar and under category, so I'm not breaking the bank. I'm with four bottles, free delivery. I just had to up mine to six because four bottles were kind of not getting me all the way. Seriously,
0: seriously, what does this look like? (laughs) Hey, Pastor Paul said, a little wine for thy stomach's sake. That's right. So speaking of $13 and under, our first question is, if you suddenly had an unexpected influx of cash, what might you be tempted to spend it on? Mm. The $13 and above wines.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 10 bottles every
0: to month <laughs> the, to, the, to the 30 uh
1: bottles bottles of wine um i don't know what i would spend it on maybe depending on how much the influx is m- maybe uh, a new car um you know yeah. i drive a i drive a very sensible yet sporty toyota camry hybrid nice Today, as Joy and I were driving down the street, I saw what must be either 2016 or 2017 Mazda Miata, and there was just a little bit of drool running down the corner of my mouth. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but my problem with cars like that is it's only warm for like seriously three, four months tops of the year. It's not practical. Buying a convertible, not not really kind of worth it for me. But in terms of roadsters, of of lusted after mazda miatas since since time immemorial so it might it might be a midlife crisis car like that i already bought yeah motorcycle you know my my triumph bonneville so time time for the midlife crisis car
2: that is your like midlife crisis convertible <laughs> a motorcycle it's
1: like the only it, convertible. It, kinda, it it kind of it kind of is it was um well i've always wanted to ride a motorcycle was an interesting point of contention between Jennifer and I. So um, now that I don't have to argue about it with her anymore, <laughs> I got I got me the motorcycle and learned to ride. And and there are some beautiful like twisty country roads up here in New England. And um, nothing nothing is more enjoyable for me than getting on the bike. And
0: that's just, perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great great bike country up here. Now, do you wear a helmet?
1: Well, it's a law in Massachusetts. It's New Hampshire. And, um, you know, New Hampshire's motto is like, live free or die. Anybody- yeah, exactly. <laughs> New Hampshire says, we'll do whatever the heck we want. Exactly. And even if I lived in New Hampshire or, or there wasn't a helmet, I'd wear one because I think it's just silly not to wear it in a motorcycle. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, so after the logical, um, make sure, you know, investing and making sure I had enough for my boys, both my boys for college, um, it, this is a no brainer for me. I would try, I would travel with it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Where would you go?
2: Um, on my hit list is, and in no particular order because they're just like piling up now is, um, Peru. I've always wanted to go see Machu Picchu. I actually wrote about it in my first book. Dying to go to Australia, I've always wanted to do an Alaskan cruise, and Mm -hmm. now um, the guy at the bank, the teller at the bank is from Mexico, and he told me about the town he's from, and I I would pronounce it wrong if I tried to pronounce it, but it's this cute little town. He said it's not very touristy at all, which is why some people like to come, but um, the, the sea turtles come up on the beach. He said there's a really cool sea turtle aquarium. Um, like ten minutes away, and like the whole area is just about turtles, and you guys know how I am. So, yeah, nice. that's on my hit list now, too. Nice. How about you, Brian? What would you do?
0: Mm. Yeah, it depends what kind of uh, influx we're talking about, you know, I mean, if it's enough, then you know, I'd pay off my student loans and start saving up for kids for college, that kind of stuff. But I think I would lean toward what you said. Uh, tina and to do a little bit of traveling um because i love to travel and so does my wife so we'd probably find a way to get to europe uh at least and um maybe maybe a car also so i hear you both actually we, we might there you go get to, so get to venice before the whole, um i i think the question implies a bigger amount but yes get to venice before the whole thing sinks because it keeps going on this. <laughs> yes exactly Exactly. Yeah. So the question is, what is an influx of cash? Is it like five to ten grand, or is that like no, that doesn't count? And he has to be like fifty to a hundred thousand. Is that an influx? Is it half a million? i
2: I'll take fifty.
0: Yeah.
1: It's relative to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a
0: Tina. I'll go for I'm 50 my, Fifty. I'm not going to stub my nose at fifty grand, but or five hundred. <laughs> Now, if there are any sponsors, if there are any would-be sponsors listening who are suddenly having ideas, feel free to call on our hotline. <laughs> Sponsored by Casual Priest. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Yeah, get that in. So, um, we have a few quotes here, and we're going to get to prosperity gospel in a moment, but these are kind of warm-up quotes to that. And so, Zig Ziglar, sort of popular uh, positive thinking success coach kind of is he anchor. still alive i don't know if he is but he did say I'm google that he did say you can get everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want so by helping others you can kind of get what you want jesus popularly said so whatever you wish that others would do to you do also to them and before jesus the rabbi hillel said that which is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. So what do you think? Are there common threads here? Are they getting at different things? Do you like? Would you take issue with any of these quotes? Fire away.
2: I, th- I think they have a common theme in the fact that they're all about, you know, how you treat other people is going to kind of form how you live your life. Um, I actually like the third one best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd heard that before and somebody had explained it to me, the difference between that one and the golden rule one is that, you know, if, if I love extravagant birthday parties, I'm going to think Brian loves them too. And I'm going to throw him an extravagant birthday party when all Brian wanted for his birthday was to go to Europe with his wife by himself. You know what I mean? So, so to me, the, the flip side of that is don't do to other people like I don't like to be hit. I'm not going to hit somebody else. I don't like to be yelled at. I'm not going to yell at somebody else. So I kind of like that third one the best.
0: Yes. It doesn't assume you know what they want.
2: Exactly. That's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the golden rule. I mean, it really is the golden rule. It's just phrased with
0: kind of like negative reinforcement. No, I don't
2: think it's negative reinforcement at all.
0: No, no, it, it, it's actually important. the te- the technical term for Hillel's articulation of it is the negative version of the golden rule. Not that it's a negative thing to say, but it's what you wouldn't do, not what you would do positively.
2: Yeah, I, I think people... But
0: it the same outcome? No. Mm, well, it's, it's framing it differently, as Tina noted. One is doing something positively for someone or treating someone Positively, a certain way, whereas the the second Hillel's version is more a refraining from activity that you would want others to refrain from doing to you. Refrain from the negative activities.
1: Then what's left? But the which is the golden rule. So, in exactly the same outcome,
0: they're very close. Yes, I it's think you but... They're so close. <laughs> you really think that you can get everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want?
2: I don't know. I think I don't know if I agree with. That. Well, because I think it's about intention. If you're only doing things for other people to get things, um, I think you're sending an energy out there. Yeah, I guess you're still going to get what you want, you know. Like, but I don't think it should be in a manner that people feel like they owe you, but just a manner of giving and receiving circulation. That if you're good to other people, good things are going to happen to you, kind of thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering if if this is like a deeper level. The want is it referring to uh, material stuff or more deeper uh, um, fulfillment type experiences? Because I could see it for the fulfillment. you want you want happiness, and that everything in life you want. That's open to vast interpretation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think there is something about a reciprocity that when you live your life in such a way that it's outward focused and being a blessing to others and helping them um, achieve the things they want to achieve in life, that that can have a reciprocal effect and that others see you as that kind of person and they will in turn help you. So I think there's something to that. But then I also heard this framed by a friend. What about someone, let's say a poor... African-American person working in the inner city in a service industry who's working their whole life to give people what they want. And it just never turns around on them. And to them, a statement like this may sound like a whole lot of BS. What do you think about that?
2: Well, okay. So then let's go to the whole, um, when you're giving to other people, you're not just giving, you're receiving, um, you're receiving a feeling of, of, feeling good about yourself for being a part of community for helping other people and if you're missing that gift of giving to other people you know you know if you're missing that gift what what it's giving to you then yeah then I can see how you would think this quote would be a horrible thing but I don't and and this is going to take us to later discussions Um, I don't think that money is the only thing that makes you rich. I think if you are a giving person and you're constantly giving, 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 and you're not getting anything back, there's some kind of block in you. Like that's Mm. on you that you're not seeing the blessings around you. Maybe, you know what I mean?
1: Tina for the metaphysics tip in.
0: Ooh, she, she set you up and you're going to flush it home.
1: Um, a little bit later. We'll pass
0: the ball around a little bit first. Keep the ball moving. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Keep good. it on the court. The ball moves around, around the horn. Good. Around the horn. Excellent. Excellent. So let's shift into uh, prosperity gospel or prosperity theology, which is uh, a view, uh, at least among some uh, people of faith, particularly Christians who hold that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them and that if they live their life in a certain way, such as having enough faith, speaking positively, donating to the right causes, those will in turn lead toward one's material uh, wealth and prosperity. Wondering if you guys resonate with that, if you would tweak it, if you would say, I don't like it at all. What do you think? Oh, Tina's ready to go, I can see it. I can see it on her face,
1: she's (laughs) ready to
2: go. I just sent your private message.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait! I can't, I can't see from here. Oh. Well, um, yes, you can. The answer to your question. So go Uh, for it.
2: Okay, I, I, yeah, okay. Um, I think, I think that's all bullshit. I mean,
0: um, whoa.
2: (laughs) I asked before I said it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't think that. That to me that is the idea, because I love comparing God to a parent. And I think most people see God as they saw their parents, that if you are the perfect good little child, good things are going to happen for you. And I think that's where we don't experience life. We don't allow ourselves to make mistakes. We don't allow ourselves to have different experiences outside of this tiny little box, because we think that's what God expects for us. And then, and to go back to what you said about what your friend had said about the giving is, so what happens to somebody who has lived their lives in this tiny little box, obeying every one of God's rules that they think they need to follow for God to love them and for them to be a good person, and then something really horrible happens to them? Hmm. You know, sometimes life just sucks. You know, it's not because you did anything wrong, and I think people, that's how people end up punishing themselves, and it's just, I, I don't agree with it.
0: Well said. Counterpoint.
2: Go ahead.
1: Not counterpoint, but but support uh, for her point, um, which is which is. Um, so uh, let's go back to the whole God's will part.
0: Um,
1: I think there, because mm-hmm. the thing one view of God's will is. Um, aligns itself with like the predestination idea or God wants something of us, from us, for us to do, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. yep. Uh, for me, that's personifying God as a being that has needs and wants and that we could possibly disappoint or please. Um, my theology tells me in unity that God is not a being. It's with with emotions. God's not a being with needs and wants. If God is all there is, what's there to want? you know to want something you you have to it be missing lack. something it yeah. implies a lack yep yeah right but if God's all there is, they ain't nothing to want so God doesn't want anything from us um, so in unity what when we say God's will, how we interpret that is that it whatever is our truest deepest heart desire that Is God's will so in a sense our will our deepest desire desire is the same thing because in essence we we are divine in unity we say like the um, unity uh, author Eric Butterworth says the fullness is the fullness of God is fully present at the point of each and every one of us the omnipotence so omnipotence not like God is so big it covers everything, but everywhere fully present. Hmm. So, therefore, my deepest heartfelt desire is God's deepest heartfelt desire. But again, but again, that's the paradox: not that God wants or needs anything. But what right, if your deepest kind
2: of... heart's desire is to live in a little box and follow rules?
0: <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. I don't. Well, what I mean, what if, what if you're a heroin addict and your deepest heart's desire is your next fix would you say well that must be god's will
1: that's not a heartfelt desire that's a brain addiction that's 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 let's make the desire between a deep heart desire and um a human ego want okay so ultimately 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 my deepest desire and i think every human's deepest desire is fulfillment and fulfillment can include a lot of things, to so love and be loved, to be taken care of, connection, a, a lot of different things. But um, we, we can go down that line. So, therefore, for me, this idea that as a will for us or God wants us to do something is a bit of a misnomer. Um, mm. So, to, to get back to this whole prosperity gospel thing and the financial piece of it. Yeah. um. I don't, I, if God's not wanting or desiring anything of us or from us, then I don't agree with the concept that God wants us to be financially set, rich, whatever. And then if we are not financially set, if we are not rich, if we are not, you know, displaying all this wealth, that we are not doing it right. I don't subscribe to that at all. Happiness and fulfillment are not directly related to the amount of dollars in your bank account. I think we kind of all know, know. that.
2: Yep. Hmm, hmm. What do you think, Brian?
0: Well, I, I did want to ask uh, before I get to my view on all of this. Uh, so if if my deepest heartfelt desire could be equated with that's very similar to the divine's desire or will for me. Uh, for me, I sort of hear that, and that feels like not a step too far from saying God doesn't exist whatever you want just go for that hmm do, you, well, see where I might, do sure. you see where I might hear that or think that sounds very similar
1: I I would I would agree with that and I would say in from the point of view of God as a being that wants something from us or God is a being that's out there um, you know puppet master idea that God does not exist. You say that God doesn't exist. Fair enough. Yep. Good. That, that, that God does not e- exist. Good. At, least, at least for me. For you. Yep. Good. Uh, so so I uh, I wrote about this actually in my book, Rants to Revelations. I plugged it earlier at the beginning of the show. Go check it out nice. on Amazon. Um, I wrote about this and I use the example of my daughter. So Joy, for example, is uh, she's 16 and she's a dancer. Um. And dance is, dance is her heart's desire. Dance is her, her central, as of now, as much as a 16-year-old can know what they want to do in life, dance is her reason for being. Um, it has kept her grounded. It has been the central focus on, of her life. When she was much younger, she was an equally talented soccer player. and But between the dance rehearsals and the soccer practices, there was not enough time for her to do it all. And it was beginning to stress her out with school. And we said to her, You gotta pick one. And she said, Oh, that's easy. I'm doing dance. I can't and she said this, yeah. and she was like, I don't know, nine, ten. She said, yeah. I can't not dance.
0: Okay. Ooh, so looked, that's yeah, what, that's that's cool.
1: So that's what I mean by your your heart's desire. That thing that you do or or you engage in, that is your reason for being. Yeah. And So, for me, I think that's God's. Well, no, I don't think that God up in heaven says to her, you had to be a dancer. Um, Or, or, sure, there's a God that's going to be disappointed if he chooses not to dance. If Joy chooses not to dance, she's going to be disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't believe there's that. That's all I got on that.
0: No, I was going to say, you know, Joy's uh, need and desire for dance sounds kind of like Tina and I when it comes to this show, you know. Yes, there you go. <laughs> all
2: right, I may, so. I may have
1: a slightly, slightly, slightly less uh, uh, uh attachment.
2: <laughs> Except Brian, he says that like he's all cool, but he's the one that we're on the phone and he's like, I miss doing the podcast, let's do a new podcast. <laughs> huh? Absolutely,
1: on
0: Absolutely. Call It, has, it, Call it has its place, it has its place in the pantheon of, play, of desires. <laughs> so uh i you know i i kind of bristle a bit at prosperity gospel uh language for some of the reasons you guys have noted i mean the just the thought that god's will is for everyone always to be financially or monetarily blessed and even physically healthy or well i just don't find support for that scripturally and or in people's experience of their lives I know plenty of people who are God-fearing, God-loving, good people um, who are in difficult. They have physical disabilities, and they're or or an illness that has not gone away, um, or that have lost loved ones who are in a similar, you know, living a similar kind of life and faith. And so, this idea that if we just have enough faith or give enough, that God's going to give us physical well-being i think as tina said is frankly bullshit because that just doesn't just doesn't work like that uh and when it comes to money i think also if we're gonna read anything jesus said sorry but that's hard to square with with what popularly is called prosperity gospel in a lot of sort of american evangelicalism televangelist sort of circles uh he talked about blessed are the poor and woe to you who are wealthy or who have who are rich because you've received your blessings now Um, and mary says that god god throws down those who are wealthy from their thrones you know so there's there's sort of this i see god as having a heart for those who have been dealt a difficult hand or who are on the underside of society and calling all of us to live in such a way that we care for each other so that yes, we all do better than we would do alone, but I wouldn't equate that with any sort of amount of physical monetary prosperity, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. And I, it, you know, I, I think it, it's about us all being meek and humble, you know, being about, I don't think God hates people that have money. It's the worship of money. It's that lack mentality that people hoard money, you know, right. and, and you know, they're not being in community and sharing and, and whatnot. So yeah, I, I get where you're coming from.
1: By the way, uh, speaking of lack of mentality, um, I shared a link earlier today and in, in said metaphysical minute that Tina referred to. It was just like a weekly, like a uh, um, uh, metaphysical slash spiritual. Yeah. Uh, moment video.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. instagram.
1: Yeah. But it was a link to a podcast by the hidden brain. I don't know if you guys listen to the Hidden Brain. No. Push another podcast. um, It's too um, hidden. By NPR, (laughs) and they had a thing on. On it's called the Scarcity Trap, and it talks about how when we are in a scarcity mentality, changes how we think. It changes how we make decisions, and we almost can't help it. We we give this um, disproportionate focus to the thing we think we're missing and need more of. And it totally changes our whole mindset, and they're tracing it back to part of our evolutionary um, um, imprint from when we were, you know, men and cave women, and if we didn't have the next meal, we would literally die. Um, but but take a listen. I got the link up on my Facebook page. It yeah, is really fascinating. I like that. And, and I'll offer a, a somewhat of a counterpoint to the prosperity gospel, which is. Um, abundance consciousness which is what i think jesus demonstrated because when you look at when you read jesus's uh, stories in the gospels he didn't ex- he did not come across as a person who had a lot of money <laughs> you know right. but at the same point in time all his needs were taken care of mm-hmm. there was a sense of fulfillment there was a sense of not having to worry and struggle about where the next meal was coming from what's going to be happening and um, in the unity, we teach a lot about shifting our consciousness to one of abundance, which mm-hmm. is realizing that if God is all there is and we are the essence, or, or, or essence is divine, that that all our needs—and again, needs versus wants—needs as in fulfillment, needs as in ease and grace and flow, needs as in as in being at peace with what is. Those base needs. Um, can be met, and it's not about money, and we don't need money for it. Um, uh, I'm, I'm currently teaching this this abundance class right now called Absolute Abundance. It was written by uh, uh, Ken Daigle over in Unity in San Francisco. It's an amazing program, and one of the things we do in class, um, and I don't remember if I mentioned it on this show before or on a pre-show, but one of the activities we do in class to to demonstrate this like attachment and dependence and energy that we have around money is that i lit a 100 dollar bill on fire in class wow and uh, it was it was a powerful um uh, in terms of responses from people and even myself my hand was shaking as i like held the held the held the lighter to the bill it was, was was amazing um, to see the responses from people and to have them realize that we we put the we put, we put money as the source, as Tina mentioned earlier, the love of money, and not even the love, but the dependence or the thought that the money is what's given us fulfillment. No, the money is just a bridge, an exchange, a form of energy.
2: Mm. Well, I, I, and I think that's a big problem with people in our society is that we associate prosperity with the dollar, and that's not the case at all. I've seen people who have a lack mentality that are you know without a home living on the streets and i've had seen people with a lack mentality that have millions of dollars but they hoard it because they're so afraid they're not going to have it you know and and they don't want to share and so i i i just think the the value we put on money is just so ridiculous because it is cotton and it can be burned and it will mean nothing if we get struck with like a major disaster mm. or something when or an you... asteroid right an asteroid exactly but what's gonna matter what's gonna matter the most is how we treated the people around us because Mm -hmm. that's when people are gonna help each other out and you know really bond
0: i I heard that uh there was a survey done uh with people who were let's say millionaires and they were asked are you rich and they said no and they said what would you need to be rich and they'd be like well you know five to ten million dollars And then they asked people who had five to $10 million, are you rich? And they said, no, I'm not rich. I'd need, you know, well, what would you need to be rich? And it was always some amount more. And they did that for several categories of people that most of us who are hovering around middle class might say, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Um, So I think, as you both have said, there is something to the mentality that we carry into our lives. And I think having a mentality of seeing what is there as gift and as blessing, and as, as Ogan said, an abundance, it does shift how you view your life and how you operate. Um, And we have a couple of quotes that are along those lines. One from Oprah Winfrey who said, "'Be thankful for what you have. You'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never ever have enough."
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then Lao Tzu said, be content with what you have rejoice in the way things are when you realize there is nothing lacking the whole world belongs to you
2: yes and, and you know from a personal experience i have to completely agree i mean i came from not that i necessarily had a lack mentality but everybody around me did and it kind of drags you down and and i've transformed my life in the last couple years and. I mean, I can tell you that some amazing things have happened to me when I thought I had nothing left. I was down and out and something always happened, you know. There was always something that came about. Someone helped me out or just some miracle happened that I was fine, you know. Everything worked out and it was just a really great lesson to me that, you know, no matter what happens in your life. It's gonna be okay, you know. If you have millions of dollars and you lose them all tomorrow, you're gonna be fine.
1: So we can't we can't talk about prosperity gospel without me quoting my uh, favorite uh, prosperity gospel evangelist, Creflo Dollar. Oh,
0: Creflo. Who's that? You guys remember this dude? Yes. <laughs> he's the he's the uh, dollar, dollar in it. So. His name has dollar
1: in it. He's the he's the minister of uh, a non denominational like mega church in Atlanta, uh, and he made the news a few years ago when um, apparently his his current jet was um, getting a little old, and he needed a new jet so he could go around and spread the gospel. A new private jet. So he was telling his parishioners they had to give more so that he could get this jet and it was in the news and it was crazy but anyways so creflo said when we pray believing that we have already received what we are praying god has no choice but to make our prayers come to pass it is a key in getting results as a christian so my issue with this i mean so many issues but but this gets to like a lot of the crux of the matter with prosperity gospel even in new thought um, circles, the my issues with the law of attraction, which is a you know, remember the secret that the law of attraction sure. that's mm-hmm. a whole other thing. But yep. this idea that our prayers are about changing God's mind, right? We right. Pray. we're
2: forcing God's hand. That's what I heard from that. We're like forcing, oh, God.
1: God's hand. like, come on, hey, 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 exactly. Um, you know, and uh, wh- whether you believe in the concept of God as as presence, as we do in Unity, or even if you believe in God in the sky, you know. And th- this is this is this is the key thing that kind of made me leave um, traditional evangelical Christianity was this idea of we pray and God will answer our prayers, or maybe God won't because God has a plan. So then right. if that's the case, it's no point praying. Then what's the point of praying? Okay, if if, if we can't change God's mind, but uh, now here he's saying God has no choice but to answer prayers. And I'm like, okay, you've got the relationship wrong here because if God is the omnipotence, if God is creative, God is all this, you're saying I am going to change my God's mind? What if two of us are praying for opposite things? <laughs> right. Exactly. I can tell you. You know, to call back to the current uh, NCAA basketball championship, there are a lot of people praying for different outcomes. <laughs> uh, Who's God going to listen to?
2: But do you ever see? Do you ever see Bruce Almighty when he <laughs> gets all the oh, yeah. emails and oh. he like answers yes to everybody?
1: Yes, the world yes. falls apart. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So this so this idea of 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 and and we see it in a lot of uh, tele-evangelists, from Creflo Dollar even even in a more subtle but it's still there with people like like Joe Goldstein Joe Goldstein sorry Joe Austin yeah Joel Osteen, you know um, but this this idea of of these massive amounts of wealth means you're doing Christianity right you know and this is the way christianity is supposed to be. Now I'm not saying that that a person of faith can't acquire wealth. Of course they can. That's not that's not what it is uh all about. But uh, but yeah, it's not it's not a hallmark of your faith. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't blame you for leaving evangelicalism when you needed that jet upgrade and it just didn't happen.
1: It didn't happen, man. You know
0: it's I mean, like I was driving. How can I fly a, I around like, like
1: this, God? Come on. <laughs> I was driving around an 84 Celica with holes in the floor, and all the praying <laughs> in the world did not stop it from breaking down on the beltway. <laughs> yeah. I you mean, see? upgrade my jets, man.
0: <laughs> you know. Oh, my goodness.
1: Oh my goodness. I, I remember wow. days of sitting at parking lot going, Oh dear God, please make the car start so you can get home. <laughs> exactly. Some days it did not.
0: Some people pray for a parking spot and some of us just pray for the car to start, you know? (laughs) So I'd like us to think about in our remainder uh, of the show, what does a successful life look like to you? When, when you think about being successful and that term carries a lot of connotation in our Western capitalist culture, what about for you guys? What, to you would be success peace love and fulfillment
1: when you're at peace with what is when you are when you have love in your life and not necessarily romantic love but love is in uh, connected relationships and fulfillment when you're doing what you're when you what you love and you are fed by it you have those three things i i and and they may they may bring you a lot of dollars in your bank account, or they may not. But if you're at peace and you've got love in your life and you're fulfilled, it doesn't matter. It won't matter what's in your bank account.
0: I
2: completely agree.
0: Peace, love, and what was the last one? Happiness. Fulfillment. Fulfillment. Thank you.
2: Yes,
1: because happiness can be a little fickle because mm-hmm. because yeah. stuff's still no gonna happen no doubt. in your life that will. You know, make you sad. You're, you're gonna lose people. There's gonna be grief. There's gonna be sorrow. Yeah. Um, but but fulfillment implies a more a more uh, deep-seated joy that Good. that transcends the, the day-to-day ups and downs.
0: I literally just tweeted what you said verbatim and then I forgot what you said.
2: <laughs> Have another sip, Brian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm glad you
1: got it out there while you could still remember it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it got out there accurately. So what can I say?
2: And fulfillment to me is also um, using your gifts, you know, your God-given gifts or whatever you want to call them, using your gifts and your talents in conjunction with community. Um, mm. And that's something that I've really learned over the last year and focused on. I, I think it's important and I think it's part of fulfillment. Like you feel fulfilled when, when you do that, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree a lot. Uh, In fact, one of the uh, presenters at the uh, local TEDx event I went to talked about how a job is not just a job anymore, that um, millennials uh, and more people in general want a outcome from their job that's connected to something they believe in in the world. So there has to be a value connected to how you long for the world to be, for you to feel fulfilled and meaningful in whatever your job or vocation is. And I think there's something to that. We want to contribute to goodness in the world. And if we can tie our work into that, those are the jobs that will be a better fit and be more sustainable for us.
2: And that's what I love about the millennials. It's not just about money for them. That's important. It's important to me now. Um, Yeah. I, well, I, I love that. I love that our culture is changing more like that.
1: It, it ain't about the money for the millennials, but I think their parents would love them to actually get a job. Of oh, can you dad.
2: keep saying that? But I would love to see my kids live more fulfilled lives than get out of my house. I think you
1: can do both. I don't think it's gotta be either or. It doesn't have to be either or.
2: I'm not saying if they live in your basement until they're 40, I'm saying that they're, they're doing it better than we did.
1: Uh, I don't know about be- I, I I don't know about better, but I I do know that yes, the the emphasis has uh, shifted. the The American dream is no more. Go to college, get a degree, get a job, get married, start the family, get the white picket fence. Uh, that that American dream is that's not what the American dream is. And I think millennials are leading the charge with how about how about fulfillment? Yeah, in our twenties, by doing work that we love that changes the world so i agree with that
0: yeah i mean yeah and i mean there is something right to to wanting um that i mean our jobs often are a bulk of our productive hours and our productive time and so you know i i have great respect for friends who work in sort of an industrial setting where they're working sort of assembly line kind of stuff And it's a lot of the, you know, same stuff. And, you know, there's value in the production they're doing. And our society runs on that and needs those things to happen. Uh, But in that setting, I'm just going to say that. Like, it would be hard for me to do that and do it well and do it continuously.
2: Well, I I think that's personality-wise, though. I, I have a sister who is super, super awesome at that methodical work, and she's good at it, and she can do it day in and day out, and that's what she loves to do. What I do would drive her insane, the constant change and, you know, whatever. So I I really think that's personality driven. But I don't think enough people go with their personalities when they go for jobs. They go towards money, and they ignore that personal gift aspect of it, and that's why we have so many people on medication and unhappy, (laughs) and you know what I mean?
0: Yes, I mean
1: the call back to that Oprah Winfrey quote be thankful for what you have you'll end up having more um, i think gratitude is um, integral to feeling fulfillment and feeling a sense of abundance because the more gratitude we practice the more we see what we have dude we always think there's stuff missing and we, we we're constantly in this scarcity lack consciousness and We're not, we're not happy because we think we need more or there should be more. Um, But yeah, gratitude is a powerful practice. And um, I, I, I love to say to folks in my church, if you don't already do this, get a gratitude journal and either at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, write five things you're grateful for Mm. that like every day. Uh, We, we, we did that for a few years as a family practice every morning at breakfast, which was the one because of our schedule, the one meal we were actually all in the house for. Um, breakfast was our family, uh, our family meal, and we would do a gratitude journal, and we we did this with joy. Um, we were in Raleigh, so I'm, she's like eight, so I'm like eight years old, um, and we we don't we don't do it anymore. But um, when we did it at the time, it was amazing mm-hmm. how she developed to be a person who well yes she's a teenager still but there isn't this constant i need i want there isn't enough
0: right that's huge that's huge i've i've heard great things from people who do uh, gratitude journals i should do that
1: you should start okay. start with that shirt you're wearing
0: yeah i uh, i I'm a, i actually just bid on ebay for Joel Austin's gratitude journal and it was <laughs> Gratitude for his ten million dollars home and his twenty million dollars in royalties, but I shouldn't compare. I have to write my Dude. own gratitude journal. Don't,
1: don't. You have a, you have, you have a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> Amen.
2: I am. Amen. I honestly, I have a gratitude journal. It's a Jack Canfield gratitude journal, think oh, I do it I every night. bet that's great.
0: Yeah, awesome. That's huge. That's huge, and I love that Lao Tzu way of framing it when you realize there is nothing lacking the whole world belongs to you like the freedom in that is amazing
1: but seriously though brian if you could uh um we talk about you you raise the joel old thing um if you if if you could have that
0: would you want it oh i'm told i was teasing that's me just being a knucklehead well, I know, but I'm asking. Oh, if I could have what he has, not yeah. just his gratitude journal? <laughs> exactly. Ah, that's a different question. <laughs> right. So I'm asking you.
2: I mean, technically, if you had his gratitude journal, you'd have everything that goes with it, right?
1: <laughs> I, guess, Maybe. I guess. Maybe. But, you know, it's, it's. I mean, we got a couple minutes left, but I'm asking it was another minister. So, yeah. you know, we see, right. do see these. Uh, mega churches and these ministers uh, on the TV, and you know you know joe osteen's church is is in an old it's in an old sports arena and there's like you know tens of thousands of people every sunday not to mention who's watching online and you know we kind of maybe consciously or unconsciously equate that with Success, success in in, yeah. in minister circles now right is that what you equate success as a minister is would you want that
0: yeah i i don't think i would want that i mean i think there's a part of my like selfish ego that would love to you know stand in front of a you know an auditorium like a sports arena full of people and have them all sort of in adoration like who wouldn't feel good about that but i think I just think that's got to begin to corrupt your soul a little bit at some point. Like you have to have an unbelievable um, something to, to, to be that successful and not turn into some kind of terrible person. And maybe some do that. Right. And I'm not going to, I don't want to judge where some of these folks who are in that position are in terms of their own personal integrity. I don't know where they are and maybe they're amazing human beings and put me to shame. That may well be, I just know that would be a struggle for me to, you know, week after week, have millions of people watching me, have my books on New York Times regularly bestseller list, you know, have my own private jet that I'm going to events around the country, selling out arenas. I, I don't know what I would become if that was true.
2: Uh, you know what, Brian, knowing you, I honestly think it would be more draining on you than it would be an ego boost for you. <laughs> yeah, I, so. Seriously, I think you would really... You would thrive more on the one-on-one connections where you knew you were touching somebody, touching their lives more than you would on the mass ten thousand people in an auditorium thing. Yeah. Um, I kind but of feel. Be- Go ahead.
1: But let's be clear: if he got to that level, he would have a he would have a twenty four hour on call hairstylist.
0: Oh yeah, there's no question Why about it
2: that.
0: Why does he need a hairstylist?
2: Why does he it's
0: need really a really cool hair? <laughs> What's
1: happening? (laughs) It wasn't a knock on the hair. He
2: he puts the headphones on. He does.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a knock on his hair. I'm just just saying that's, that's
0: what he would do. Somebody's got to work on that. There you go. (laughs)
2: uh, um, But I I was going to say like, um, I'm, I'm a big Jack Canfield fan. Um, Mm. He doesn't feel like if I would just watch his videos, I would feel like he was just like Joel Olstein and all those other guys that are just like smiley, you know, draw whatever you want to, you happy go lucky, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call him. But um, Will has has like met him face to face one on one. And he said, there's just an energy about the guy like, you know how it is when you meet other people and like they just have an energy about you that that, that they love humanity and they love life. And they really want to see everybody happy. That's the kind of energy he has. And I that's what I picture Like you guys being like, if you did become successful, you know, not like the ego driven. Oh my gosh. I just want my face on camera, but the Holy cow, I am making an impact in the world and I am touching lives and that's beautiful.
1: Two things. I've also met Jack Canfield and I agree. And second thing, what do you mean if we become successful?
0: What are you talking about? Did I
2: say if? You said if. I meant when.
0: You said not what? (laughs) Uh, Is it even when it's kind of like, what? I'm successful now. I was going to say,
2: in my you eyes, you're about? both successful now.
1: What? Yeah, you back your way out of that, woman. Seriously, if we're successful,
2: what you talking That's about? The only thing what you, what you, you heard out of that whole thing—talk about like lack of <laughs> gratitude and prosperity—is—is <laughs> is all you heard from that is the if. when I was giving it you a not, really big compliment. It
1: is. It is. It is not all I heard. I'm just just pointing out that piece. Remember, focusing I had on things. the negative. I had two things. Okay. So it wasn't all I heard.
0: No, and and I I mean I appreciate that, Tina. And I think you're right. I do value when I when I am with individual people and can see a connection that's being made and and I'm able to at some level um be a gift to them and also likewise receive gift from being in connection with them. Um but that's not to say I couldn't deal at least once with a Crowd full of adoring. Okay, I'll stop.
1: He's got four kids. He needs a salary bump. That's all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> no, it's not about the. Yeah. Wow. Oh.
1: I'm kidding.
0: I'm just kidding. I
2: get it.
0: You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. So maybe our last word we'll give to Lao Tzu, who says, Be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. So, Amen. I think that's a good word. And, oh, and I do want to say that our friends at Downtown Faith, uh, Pub Theology in Las Vegas really appreciated Ogan's distinction between prosperity gospel and abundance consciousness. So, thanks. Oh, for man. So, Oh, we you know. got
2: Las Vegas is listening to us?
0: Exactly. Look out.
2: Woo-hoo!
1: And uh, Las Vegas, if you ever want me to come, sit in on a live. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: I'm game, dude. I'll go. <laughs> we
0: a live show let's from Vegas. Vegas. Listen, our next episode is episode 50. Well, who's to say between now and our next episode?
2: Let's meet in Vegas. <laughs> you I'm mean next with week? <laughs> yes, let's do it.
0: Uh, as in seven days from now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go to Vegas. Oh, well, we're dreaming big here, friends, but thank you for tuning in and listening to Pub Theology Live. You can connect and spread the word, of course, on social media, and you can listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes, and you can also, of course, find us on the New Thought channel. And if you would like to find a conversation like this happening in your town, check out the map at pubtheology.com, and if you don't find a conversation near you, you can find resources to start your own. Big thanks to our sponsors, Craft Beer Seller, who you'll find at craftbeercellar.com, and Wink Wine Club, that's Wink with a C, at trywink.com slash PT Live. And don't forget to leave us a message on our Casual Priest voicemail line at 980 PT Live Zero or 980 785 4830. You can win free gear from Casual Priest. Until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. I think we should start calling it the Casual Priest Hotline. Yes, yeah, hot, like that. I almost said hotline. I wasn't sure if voicemail yeah. line, or hotmail line, or hot hotmail line, hotline. Hotmail
2: <laughs> I'd like a hotline. line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you have hot, if you have hotmail to send, you can send it to Tina at the There you go. There you go. All right. Next
2: week we'll call it. it that. <laughs> Sorry. All
0: right.
1: Cool. Thanks guys. As always peace out. Later. Yeah.